All right. Uh, hello, everyone, and um, it's great to be here. It's um, an idea that I have with my close friend Jay Zebalos and evidently his brother Mike Zebalos to create this outlet for us to be able to reach out everyone out there, sharing some personal stories, stories of my life, things that uh, I achieve in terms of competition, a lot of points, a lot of things, that experience that I have, be able to share with you. We're going to have a lot of incredible people coming down and sit on that chair over there. They will share a lot of things with you, a lot of things that will make us think about it. And the main goal is to have such an up a positive, an encouragement into everyone's life. I want to make sure that every time you listen to this, you, you get informed, you get something that you take home and say, wow, that's going to help me so much. And yes, a lot of fun moments, entertainment moments, a lot of serious moments, um, a lot of educational things and a lot of things that I'm learning. But we want to share all the people that we have here, their lives, their experience. And um, welcome. It's a... Uh, very, would say, new world for us, for, to me over here, learning so much about it. And after so many people asking me, requesting I should do this, I should do have a podcast, and it's great. Here I am. Without the help of Jay Zebalos, Mike Zebalos, I definitely would not be possible. And I have both of them here with me in every single episode. We're going to do it. And uh, yes, welcome to No Gear Required. And here we go. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people take a little time to understand what the title actually means. And today, for my surprise, I will let uh, Jay Zabala speak about what he wants to do today. He caught me off guard, but here I am. Well, I mean, you know, I've, I'm so fortunate, as are many that, that have uh, been able to study the art and, and train and especially be a part of this school and one of the amazing things about about uh, people in general is we all have a story. You know, you can meet somebody in a coffee shop and sit with them. They can be a complete stranger. They have a story, and you can you can feel engaged. You can feel inspired, uh, empowered. And uh, coming up here in the early days of jujitsu, being a student and witnessing the growth and the evolution of the art but not knowing a lot of what really went into it. It's, uh, I just feel like it's time and podcasts are an amazing way of archiving these amazing stories and always making sure that people, they can recognize and, and feel inspired as to the, the work that you and your family have done to push this art to where it is today. And I remember as a young blue belt hearing about the ADCC, the Abu Dhabi Combat Club World Submission Wrestling Championships, which is a first of its kind. And this was, I mean, we had the internet, people were talking about it, but not many people knew what it was. And what was fascinating, it took the same approach that the UFC did when, with pitting styles against each other, except this was grappling. It brought the best of the world, best in the world, the top of the food chain, catch wrestling, judo, sambo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, MMA, uh, all the different grappling styles, the best representatives 
into this kind of very prestigious invitation only event. And it started in 98. You did you weren't aware of it though when it happened, right? No, no. In 98 we we heard about it um evident with some of the magazines they and that was the time that the magazines comes once a month and people print something 30 days after the actual event the access on the internet wasn't as much as we have today but one of uh, our students back then rico rodriguez came back and said man they're gonna have another one next year and i mentioned my instructors and they want you guys to be there and and not knowing because we have no idea. We know it's grappling. But we have no idea about the rules or just say, man, we're looking for competitions. We're looking to challenge ourselves. And uh, here we go. Few 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 months later, they start invited and collecting people, and they brought people from different countries and whatever they they have in terms of best of each place from some kind of a grappling style, end up going. It was, uh, back those days, we used to call the Olympics of grappling because we have nothing with that magnitude. And I have no idea. They just got invited and they asked me how many days want to be there. I said, man, I would like to be there at least one week to get used to. I think if I'm not wrong, it's like 16, 17 hours, like difference from Los Angeles. It's like, man, let's... Uh, Let's do it. And he, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, so you get the invitation. How much time did you have to prepare? If I'm not wrong, when we get the invitation, we have um, at least two months, something like that, two, three months the most. And I have to be in a certain weight class. That was my division. And um, I just make sure I watch that and... Uh, we kept training, and evidently we took the geese out, and we just emphasized 100% no gi. And um, one of the biggest challenges I have in that particular time was training partners, because uh, jiu-jitsu, even though in the 90s, late 90s, is still something very new, and was very hard for you to find in America the type of training partners that pulls out of you the best of, of what you have. And there was a very challenging time in terms of training because sometimes you train with people that are in a different level than you are. And you might, in your mind, you might think that you, oh, I'm doing great. I'm able to handle everybody. But it's a different level of training partners. Uh, might be a problem because you might think you're doing great and you go out there, f- face someone that is the same or even better than you and your training wasn't in that high level. Based on that, that was one of the challenges I have. How can I make my students? Because they are my students. I mean, I'm teaching them and they were not in a level to start challenging your game yet. And I end up hours before every training with my students going to the gym and I got a personal training and I trained for two and a half hours before I actually grapple. That makes my energy level way down. And that was a way for me to find that I can raise all my students' level up because physically I was way like less than half a tank, which start challenged me a lot. And I think it, it worked out 
that worked out pretty good. I think I felt uh, that approach was kind of bringing more reality into my training. Evidently, I have some, even in the early days, some phenomenal students in terms of challenge with wrestling background, with judo background, with sambo background. And I felt that I, I kind of surround myself with uh, a good quality training, the best that I could have. I remember um, a few of those sessions. I was a blue belt at the time, and it was so surreal because up until that point, you know, you brought your gi to class every day. That's that's that was our uniform, and then coming in there, and then people saying, "No, you got to take the jacket off. We're training no gi," and that was a whole different element. And I I do remember one thing. You know, you've always been a very, um, very extremely personable instructor, patient. I mean, a professional but there was an edge to you. We all felt it and watching the training and, and kind of the intensity that you brought. Um, I think we all kind of knew that something special was going to happen when you went overseas. Um, you had a, a pretty good group of athletes. You competed at 77 kilograms, which is just under 170 pounds. Yes. And, and you, I, I was at least 10 pounds above that walking around but evidently with the intensity of the training the improvement in a way of controlling what you eat how much you eat when to eat and and i think too is when you get yourself prepared for a competition your mindset change you you kind of attune in a different level of how you see things you have that amazing driving side of you because not only evidently that every competition you go, you want to win. And I am a very competitive person with myself. You know, if I'm putting myself into something, I want to do, I want to be the best. And having that approach in my, the way my life is, evidently, even if you don't get to the best, you've done your best. And, and, and that will bring amazing results to you and your life. And one thing that I don't like is not to win. It's like I, I don't like to lose, you know. And we all take that as, as my uncle used to say, in life you never lose, you always learn. And I think that's something that in a way trick your mind to get better. And I always want to learn every day, but evidently... I don't want to feel that everything that I put it on, I go out there with all the respect to any opponent I ever had. Is that he wants to win as much as you. It's like, man, nobody wants to win as much as me. And I put 110% in everything to get ready to go. And, and, and it did work out extremely well. And uh, it was amazing the learning process I have because every, it's no way you don't get better. If you put yourself in something, you dedicate yourself in something, even regardless of the outcome, you are a much better fighter all the way than you were before your beginning of your preparation. Then you start thinking, man, anything I do in my life, it's such a, a link. Your regular, everyday life, anytime I focus on putting the energy into something, I'm going to get good. I'm going to be able to reach out there goal. And, and after so many years living in America, not having any kind of a 
challenge on that aspect in terms of competition for the difficult to go back to Brazil and compete wasn't as easy as it is today. It was like a chance. I was like, man, it's a, it's an, a great opportunity for me to test myself against myself. And thankfully, was enough time to, to gather a lot of great students that I have. And, uh, and it was a great thing because I know that changed my behavior in a good way of competition. And, and I noticed that, it's, uh, that ended up affecting all my students. Everybody was so pumped. Everybody was so excited. And I'll be honest, I think that 1999 was um, an amazing turning point in my personal life, in, in my martial arts life, with the outcome. I could not ask for anything better that actually happened in preparation for and also evident with the results of that preparation. You had some, um, some big names. I mean, your bracket was, was pretty good. Um, was, but was there anybody that you particularly wanted to face? Is that even like, I know some people, especially today with technology, there, there's a competition. You always get to see who's on your who's on your list and then the, the brackets. And, you know, some people kind of get a little bit focused on that. Was that ever a thing for you? Do, do you know in, in, in 99, I just remember when I arrived over there, I saw the brackets, the people that were there. I have no idea. You know, in the first 1999, I have no, some of the Brazilian guys, I knew who they were, but I was people from all over the world. And in the first day, the first event, the 99 that I did, I have, I don't know how that opponent likes to play. What does he do? I don't think we have that, the way that we have today that you type someone's name and shows all their fights. Oh, we did not have that the way it is today. And you know, for me, I found like something that I want to focus on me, not I'm, I'm going against. I know how I like to fight, what I like to do. Evidently, you study somebody that you're going to fight against, it's, it is great. But in that time, I just want to train and be able to execute my game. And if I don't get tired, if I'm physically, mentally prepared for what I like to do, I know I'm going to put a pretty good fight for whoever is in front of me. And that was, was my objective, to play my jiu-jitsu, not concern what they will or they can do. And I put a lot of, and I believe a lot in the cap my game, what I can do, and uh, it turned out to be pretty good. Well, I did it. Um, what was the event like? I mean, I, I can't even like wrap around it. I mean, going to Abu Dhabi and the pageantry and it, it seemed like it was like first class all the way beyond any, tr like what you would consider a traditional I, martial arts event. I, I think he's first was the first time going to Abu Dhabi. I mean, as a kid growing up sometimes and, you never know in the future in your life you're going to be doing things or going around the world. And going off there was like a, a cultural experience. Even though we're focusing in the, in the tournament, you go there and you see the construction, the buildings, how people dress, how 
how do they talk and man we have such an incredible reception from every single person over there evidently we have Sheikh Tarnum which was the one behind all of this which is an incredible person and because of that kind of event he put out of there for the passion of grappling on its on his own he changed so many people's lives you know everyone that in the first few years until today if you're a champion of, of Abu Dhabi man you you write your name in history of our sport this is incredible and we're talking about someone who just did for the love there's no tournament with oh we're gonna make money for this event no he just want to provide the best of everything for the fighters and it was a, an incredible place beautiful place um, and he was the one person that had that vision of doing such a thing which ended up influence grappling all over the world because of ADCC how many grappling schools open how many people get interested in doing how many other people wants to invest in doing and he did that for because he liked he likes grappling and he wants to see the best of in our world in terms of grappling and then he did man he he was a turning point in so many people's life and turning point into the grappling world for sure um yeah and you developed a quite a close friendship with him after that event um i know that you know uh He's somebody that you, you keep close. I, I know you've been there a few times since the uh, the competitions. Um, what is he like as a person? Because he seems to be an incredible human being, just from what you've told me. And you, you, I got a I email one day from his, he's a very close friend to my, my cousin Hansel. And, and he brings, and after I went over there, he brings... A lot of big names of martial jiu-jitsu, the grappling world, to go there and train him for a week, two weeks. It depends. Then I got invited from him, and evidently was the first time that I have I spent time with him. Man, it's it's kind of a, one of the richest person in the world, but treats you so nicely, talk to you, you know, and then uh, just realize, man, someone with such a an influence in his country never make you feel less of anything. Man, very, very, very polite, very nice. Have a conversation about so many things. It's a, it's an incredible human being, for sure. And um, then I got a chance to go back and go there several times. Looking forward to go back there again. It's always a very pleasant staying over there and, and it's incredible you learn so much and he's a very very bright intelligent person and yeah it's uh and i tell him every time i go there i come back something good happened in my life i told him man you always give me so much luck and it's it's good and he continued to to have the abu dhabi all these years he still continued to train jiu-jitsu and uh yeah he's a uh, Anyone that had a chance to meet him and talk to him, and uh, you see that he's a fantastic person. Yeah, and yeah, undoubtedly. And uh, it's interesting because, um, you know, 
you're there. You 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 did the competition. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start watching the matches in a minute because I'd like to get a little more insight. I've watched these matches hundreds of times, but not with an opportunity to have you kind of just share with some insight. But it goes without saying, you made history in '99. You were the first athlete to submit all your opponents. I mean, you won your division. You were awarded the most technical fighter of the whole tournament. Um. I remember what happened when you came back home. Our school just exploded, and life certainly changed for you. What was that like? You know, it's growing up in my family in uh, in a positive way was very competitive in our jiu-jitsu. Then we learned, man, the the whole goal in jiu-jitsu is what submission. I don't I don't mind to win by points. But it's a lot better if we win by submission. And and that's how I teach my students, I train. When you go to competition, I want to make sure I win the way I want to win. I don't want to be almost. I want to go and, and that's how we train. That's how I learn. That's how I will continue to do so for the rest of my life. That's what I push my students to do. And that's always my mindset. I want to go there and 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 get that feeling that mission accomplished you know all my training everything that i did was execute and coming back home and see all of these was definitely a life change in terms of um, recognition around the grappling world you know and people were like what it just happened you go there and the fights last five minutes the most and uh, I never realized that until I actually got back. And to me, it was like, man, I was so happy that I won the tournament and all of this. But when I go back home and everyone was on the internet tracking the name and death, it was a turning point in my life that the school took over. My students were seeing me not different, but... How can I explain or say that? They just saw like, uh, man, you he's a lot better than what I thought he was. He, he did something, the accomplishment, because the magazines and the interviews, and I make sure that I share that with my students. They got to come here and then my school, because I didn't do it by myself. I did with all my students. Everything that I, I was able to achieve, I have to share that with all my training partners, all the people that are with me every day. And everybody felt part of that, and they should because they were part of that. And not only change for me, but changing in general for everyone's vision. It's like, man, I want one day now to be able to do ADCC. I want to train in the whole feeling of training, jiu-jitsu change at, and, and around me. And it was, was incredible. And until today, we still people talking about it. I was just down to 20, 21 years ago. It's a long time ago. It's still today present in so many people's life. And that, that, that was incredible. And I have to say thank you to ADCC. Thank you to Sheikh Tarnun to have the vision to do such an event that has such an impact around the world in what we do. It was incredible. No, there was a, a definite feeling of like immense pride amongst all of us i mean let's you know 
let's be open and honest. You know, uh, a big part of your story is your hand, your left hand. And as students before ADCC, your skill set was out was without question. We all knew you were highly, highly capable. But then to go out there and and do something the way you did, and basically kind of make history, and then when you come back, people, there, it was twofold. People were amazed at what you were able to do, but then there was that, that moment where everyone was like, wait, what? He's missing fingers on his hand? And that's when I think it really took over and it, it just completely, without having to say it, emphasized that idea that you can do whatever you want in life. You just have to work hard. You cannot give up. You have to believe. And you, you made that happen. You, it wasn't an issue of you telling us. You showed us. And that's the difference. You, you know, is, um, growing up in my family, I never, I never had any feeling of not being able to do anything. My parents, my brothers, no one ever questioning or say, oh, you should not do this, be careful. I always did activities that requires holding playing i used to play hockey and my parents like oh, should play something no i need to hold the stick and and play and evidently grappling but i think the amazing thing in jiu-jitsu is you can adapt and i was able to have all the instructors that i have all the people surround me they always teaching a technique and you end up finding a way that that is possible for you and i end up in a way creating my own style in a way of controlling with all the knowledge that I have around me. And I have Carlos Gracie Jr., I have Hickson Gracie, I have Higa Machado, I have Carlos Machado, I have Helion Gracie, I have Hansel Gracie, I have Hyler Gracie, I have so many people around us. Man, and everyone is showing something of the way they show, then you adapt your skills. It's the amazing thing with the art of jiu-jitsu that anyone can do jiu-jitsu. Anyone will be able to adapt jiu-jitsu to themselves. I never look into or realize the impact that might have in people, but I'm glad they had such a positive impact in people. I Another day I was speaking to some people in Brazil and they said, man, did you realize you're the first guy in jiu-jitsu, handicapped, they competed in a normal tournament and won. And I'm like, really? But I always thought myself as normal and what's such a thing, a normal tournament? And evidently, I think people set standards for how high they can go. I think it's for what I do, I say that not having the fingers today can say was an advantage to me maybe that made me push a little bit extra and was a little more challenge and that made me good grappler better person and i'm continuing to do so and i'm very happy that people saw that in a very positive way and um, that's great man it's a great feeling after all these years and see that how much and what to me is it was I don't see the way, but I'm glad in a way that people see and make that a little bit 
helpful for them to them and uh, it's a great feeling definitely it's yeah a great and, feeling and it, it's mindset that's the thing that's most important you know we always talk about training the body is easy for competition you can get the body ready it's the mind the mind is the big oh man it's that's uh, that's the big one that's the big hurdle and one of the things that um i have when i discuss you know people ask me about you and a lot of times people will say wow you know after they hear they're like can you imagine if he had all his fingers and i'm like no you want to know what's really scary if he had none that's a scary proposition because i think you'd be twice as good because of that mindset and that adaptability you know you take that you you take some people can can take it as a, a weakness or you can take it as an empowerment and that adaptability gave you the tools that today people are using to win at ADCC because one of the one of the perceived challenges with no gi is grips but you your whole career has been based on overhook underhook learning how to control the body without and, relying on the hands and and when i say advantage was one of the things cuz when i i had no gi on i didn't change how i play my game and I still do today. The same way I go gi, I do no gi. That's the adaptation that I have. That's why I'm saying it was an advantage to me because I did not change the way I fight. I just continued to do so. Felt really comfortable with the speed, with the... And was like being the same territory. And nothing changed to me. And uh, I was even able to do more things that uh, I expected to. But yeah, and, 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 and man, everything starts on your mind. Everything starts with a dream. And I think that if, if I'm able to dream, it's I'm capable and able to achieve the dream. And I think everything starts kind of going towards that direction. And to me, it was my goal, my dream was to win. And I focus into how to win or not having, oh, I have this issue, might be hard too. It's nothing easy in life, you know. I don't want anything easy in life. I just want to work for and, and go forward. And, and if you end up not getting what you want, you're just thinking the journey that you have, the improvement that you did in your life in general to get to that point. And I think that's something that I learned and people should see life that way it's not we're gonna fall down many times in life do you choose to get up or not i want to just keep going forward and get up life is not fair no life's not fair life is is beautiful you are alive you know and everything is they're always white or black or blue for everyone it depends how you see that people present to you problems and issues it depends how you see that and I choose to see in a very bright and, and good way. And I say, oh, your hand, oh, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for what? I have the choice to feel sorry for myself or live my life. I choose to live my life. And, and, and that's a mindset we should all. We have one life to live, man. I want to keep living my life, be happy, be able to have so many friends, make friends in a position that where we are as a martial artist, we have 
so many other people, so many other people that you can influence in the best way possible. And I want that. That's why we, we have this podcast now, to be able to reach out more people everywhere around the world. As you know, that would be an incredible way to see in, in a positive aspect. And I don't say that. I end up living that, which makes me certainty of what I'm talking about. A fulfilling life, for sure. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm ready. Are you ready? I, I, let's, 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 uh, let's go back in time. February 24th, 1999. I, I haven't seen those fights in a long time. Well, here we go. Oh man, I miss those days. Look at this. Yeah, one of the great things in in that tournament was I think I like the rules a lot because you can do whatever you want in five minutes. Somebody can mount on you, take your back, and it's that's not gonna influence the final result. There's no points, no any kind of advantage. I mean it's just submission. And I think to me, that's what I have in my mind. Okay, I have five minutes to pull all my weapons and trying to go to submission. And um, I don't know. I think I surprised a lot of people. Well, yeah, you you clearly didn't play to that strategy. And I think that uh, you know, s some of the athletes, I'm sure, did. If there's no uh, accountability for the first half of the match, why not be a little more conservative? But no, you went straight for the kill. And then uh, it's such an amazing feeling to like a mission accomplished when you're able to get the submission. And that's what I always aim for my whole life. And uh, that cost me some matches in my life. But the ones that I won, it feels really, really amazing. Now, this gentleman looked like, yeah, he, he clearly had some jujitsu training. He, he, uh, you could see it just in his base balance, just doing his best to kind of try to neutralize. Yeah, man, and we're grapplers. I mean, to me, if I'm on the bottom, I'm on top. I just want to be close to my opponent. That's that's what I'm looking for. And as um, soon as I bring the fight to the ground and, and engage, and I felt that I was in my world. And I think the what a lot of people mentioned to me is the same way I fight with Gi, because of my hand, I fight without the Gi. There wasn't much of me to try to adapt anything. It's something that I already naturally doing. And uh, yeah, but definitely miss a lot of those days and those events for sure that um, give us a chance to test ourselves and see our preparation, if we miss anything, if we did everything right. And I have to say that year, I could not ask or change anything the way I prepare myself for that. What happened to the uniform? I'm saving that uniform. I hope one day I, I have like a, a collections of a lot of items that, because it, we never knew in the early days of your life, you. You get to this point and uh, jiu-jitsu become such an, a world style of martial arts and 
this technology makes everyone be aware of anything that is happening right now and i think it's it's a lot of sentimental sentimental value of those things and uh it's already framed and i'm just waiting for our new location hopefully next year then we're gonna have some spot in the school there'll be i will not call a museum but it's just like a a lot of valuable things, a lot of things that is part of the history of um, my life doing jiu-jitsu and living jiu-jitsu. Well, I think that's really important, you know, to, to, to uh, maintain some type of um, uh, connection. Yeah, and a lot of the new students, they, they came on board after all of this. This is 1999, 21 years ago. A lot of people never didn't realize what happened 20 years ago with jiu-jitsu. And that was uh, an amazing year to me. That's, uh, and I think I'm very happy because um, when we got there at ADCC 99, nobody knew about each other, you know? Not many people know what was their favorite technique or their favorite move. And it could be anything. And my object was just to play my game as much as possible and then uh, turn out to be the right strategy. Yeah, and it, it is interesting because, like you said, this was before we had the means to go online and, and research our opponents and see how they train, watch their matches. Mm -hmm. This was going in blind. There was a time there was VHS. Yeah. There was no DVD <laughs> available yet. Look at this. <laughs> it was not long ago, but VHS. I'm sure a lot of people right now will be asking, VHS, what is that? Well, I, I have this tournament on VHS. I hope the tapes still work, but um, that's how I got it back then. And yeah, man, it's, uh, I feel that I'm, I was such in a, had a great preparation that I was implement everything that I have on me for into every fight and um, yeah everything that I have I left over there now this is the one that when it really starts to get interesting because this gentleman uh, Hayato Sakurai at that time period 99 he was like top of the food chain MMA fighter grappler competed for all the big organizations and um, it's also important to point out that in his bracket, he had to take out two jujitsu black belts before he faced you. So I know that a lot of people had their eyes on this match because he was a, a formidable opponent. And I know he has a lot of reporters, a lot of media. I was surrounding him, but I wasn't sure. I had no idea who he was. Later on, they mentioned he was like, um, at that particular time, someone, the most famous Japanese fighter. And man, he 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 went through his bracket and uh, took out some jujitsu favorites, I guess. And uh, I just want to make sure there's no surprise on on my side. I just want to engage, and uh, as you can see, he's playing very safe. And and I know if I bring them people to my world, then they gotta grapple better than me, or because if not, I'll be able to do what I want to do.
but I know he was well well known in Japan for more MMA, if I'm not wrong. Yes, it was more. It was predominantly MMA. There was not much yet for international grappling scene. I'm sure he did that. But you can see he he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. and to be able to go through some higher rank Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts and win those matches, they mean. But again, I, as you can see, I don't waste much time standing. I just want to go and, and bring the fight to the ground and grapple. And uh, I want to see your cards. I feel every, every competitor has a position they get to. And it's kind of like the, the better competitors don't allow you to establish your position. If they allow you to, then your game just starts to explode. And this was key here when you were able to pull butterfly and set up the hook sweep and get on top. Um, I think one, one of the things that I like is watching those videos. Like I'm trying to see what is style that I'm fighting. Basically, the more predictable thing I have on my game is to be unpredictable, which is... Uh, Something that um, it's hard for people to tell what you like or not to do. Now, whatever you you give it to me, I will take it. But I can tell now that I, when I was on the bottom, he was feeling better of what to do. And once they have the back on the ground, you have to be doing some jujitsu, some a little bit longer to feel comfortable when you're back. And I could tell some of the guys they. As soon as you put them on their back, they they were not feeling comfortable at all. They're using more energy than they're supposed to. And this is a portion that I really, I've watched this a few times because of the principle of how you're putting so much pressure on his guard. And then there's a moment here coming up where you just pop away. See the separation. And then this, and then the frames come in. You put the forearm first, then the knee than the hooks. And that's, uh, those, those are the things that I, I think are just uh, for that and next level. I don't know, sometimes in the fight you, you don't watch it. I haven't seen those fights in a while, but um, you don't realize things that you are doing at the moment. Everything is already on your part of you. But uh, I really like what I'm looking at right now. Really. <laughs> But for sure, I don't. I just want to have that feeling of um, you work for submission, then you get your submission. We understand that fights, both both opponents, both fighters there, they want to win as much as you. But I think I want more than anybody that in that particular year. And I want to make sure that if I hug you, I don't want to let you anybody go anywhere. And this is our. Uh, this is the the foundation of our logo. This uh, this finish you get here. So, yeah, I think when I stretch him, yeah, that was there. And you know, I think that that time there, people are saying that this he was the favorite of this fight. And they asked me that. I said, I don't know what to say. Let's see after the fight. You, I speak to that report again. Now it's 20 minutes match time, but to me, it's 
the sooner you can finish your matches, it's another very famous, in that time, Japanese fighter, which I have no idea. I just saw him also, went through his bracket, and he both, fought some big names. Also, both jujitsu black belts he beat to get to the finals. And that means, and looking today, people like, oh, this guy, man, you don't know who you're fighting that time, and you see the guys going through the brackets, you have some names that, especially the Brazilians that you know who they are, and suddenly you see they're just moving forward. But I think, I, again, I was feeling incredible that 99, and um, I know I, I was in a mission. I have such an, uh, an incredible training with all my students, the, the strategy, the, the whole... And I probably, I'm pretty much sure I would fight the same way I fought that year. I'll, that's what I'm still doing today's time. Probably not with that speed or that precision, but I'm aiming for the same things. The finish. And I know too something that is really important is to use that pressure whenever you have a good position to make sure that your opponent is always feeling uncomfortable being there. Because the more energy they spend, the reflex, the, the reaction to defend themselves suddenly start getting less and less, which increase the percentage for you to get the submission. But basically, it's, man, oh, I missed that armbar here. I thought I had it. Yeah, this was a wild sequence. I know, it was so slippery. As soon as I go and control, suddenly the arms, yeah, see? Especially when you don't have the gear on, it's that is very possible to happen that slipping. But again, I want to engage the fight and give him no room for. Yeah, definitely is watching this and um, I'm missing so much those. But I remember exactly the whole process to get for to that event and. When I was there, one of my brothers was there with me, Higgin. He was in my corner, which he also fought. But uh, yeah, man, that's uh, felt amazing for sure. Now the music and the chanting, that did that affect you in any way? Did you even hear it? No, the only thing I ask all the people in my corner to say is keep me aware of the time. It's, that's the only thing I can hear is that voice. Hey, two minutes, three minutes, everything. Else. I have no idea what was happening. Now watching the view, is, it's a good rhythm. Yeah. But I have no clue who was watching the crowd or anything. Yeah, man, it's... Uh, and, and, and it's also, and I never asked you this, I mean, I'm assuming you're competing in front of royalty too. Right? Do you know it was the first time in Abu Dhabi and then you see a lot of things in the movies and suddenly you're there, the, the design of some of the buildings are, are the way you used to see in the movies. And man, you see those things in the movies and, and suddenly you, you see that in the real life, how incredible that place was, how much respect they have and how nice the people there are. 
It was an amazing experience, man. I recommend everyone, if you have a chance to go to Abu Dhabi, Dubai, that's uh, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And nice, nice people over there. And Sheikh Tarnoun, an incredible person. He did all of this. He doesn't need to do any of this. And he changed and improved the grappling around the world because that event was also a huge boom to the grapplers. And he's a, a grappler. He loves the grapple and he trains. And here we go. He made the tournament and give an opportunity for everyone to go out there. And that tournament turns, make people become part of history. Oh, man. What a, what a feeling. I bet. What a feeling. Going to a tournament not knowing what are you stepping in and uh, yeah, definitely is a... Uh, well, to not just win, but the way you won. You know, that was, I just remember that. That was the big talk. It was like you, you went out there and first time in the short history, but the history of the event nonetheless and submitted everybody and kind of changed the scope of of the competition, how people approach it. And it's evolved over the years, but... Yeah, I think this year also I got the... Um, yeah, you got the, the most... prize, the most technical fighter. It was incredible. It looked the same. I don't know, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's Sheikh Tahnoun there and the, the royal family. It's really... The level of the tournament they put up, because we, we never had anything close to that before. And you can see, always a lot of people, everybody was very happy, and uh, everybody got the trophy. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's nice, too, because, uh, you know, that trophy, obviously, it sits in a case here at the Academy, and it's a source of inspiration. I, I know it helped inspire me to compete and go out there and... and, and, and to me, and I look all, all of you guys also part of the competition world, it's just to make sure that all of you guys can go in and get a trophy like that. It's a matter of how much you want to train and how much you want. You're willing to go through, I won't say sacrifice, just like training hard in a way that you never trained before, but the reward is it's amazing because you look back on your life all this time and uh, and you can say, man, I did it. I did it. I won that event that I won so much. And that's an amazing feeling. Well, I mean, you priceless. Know, oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I firmly believe, you know, the, like the best leaders, it's not what they say, it's what they do. And it's like to inspire. You inspire through your actions, not through your words. And, and it's, it's what you've been able to accomplish inspires us. I mean, I remember the year, th that year when you won it, the feeling it gave to our school and our students, the amount of pride. And then that kind of level of like, okay, I feel that we're at a point now to where we need to help kind of carry that torch and keep it going. And it just, it becomes part of our culture. It became what's, it's what, you know, has made our academy so special. And it inspired other martial artists from other organizations other styles, it didn't matter, you know, because at the end of the day, we all practice the same art. And, and one thing important to me is you, you're not accomplished any of these alone, you know. 
That's why I came to the school. That trophy belongs to all my students. They were here day in, day out, training, pushing me to the best way they, they could. And they did a good job because the outcome could not be better than that. And my training partners were all my students. And turned out to be the right choice, the right strategy. And looking forward now to see a lot of my students doing better than me. And, uh, you know, I, in closing, I just want to say, you know, this was just covering 1999. I mean, you, you went on to further success and in ADCC and, and other things. But um, this was just, for me, it was like, as your student for as long as I've been, this was a, a significant turning point. I'd never experienced anything like this. And uh, it made a profound impact on me. It's why after as long as we've been together. That's I'm why still you, you are one of my best students. <laughs> one of the the highest rank I have, and or, or one just of the, the most accomplished, or the one that you just you can't we, you can't I, throw out. I gotta tell that to people. <laughs> and we had we have for a little while a school in uh, in another location, and a lot of medals hanging on the wall. And people come and like, wow, professor, it's just a lot of medals. And it's like, no, 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 that's not mine. That's Professor Jay's medal. <laughs> <laughs> All of these that you see, that's his, not mine. And to me, to see that that you guys capture the message in a way that translates to yourself to be able to go out there and and do as good or as better than what I did. And now you also are one of the ones that the students look up and say, man, I want to do as good as Professor Jay also did. And it feels great that we continue to send that amazing message for all of our students to, if you want it, you can do it. Absolutely. Well, sir, again, thank you for sharing this. I think this is uh, for our first full episode of uh, No Gi Required. I think uh, this was a nice one. And uh, I know more is coming, but uh, thank you again. I know everyone, and they surprised me. I have no idea. They say, now we're waiting for the guests. And suddenly they came here and said, hey, you are the first <laughs> guest. Thank you. And um, stay tuned. Looking for some incredible people that will be sitting in that chair across the table from us. And uh, I want to make sure that everyone understands and, and see a very touching and positive message that um, shaking some of you to go out there and uh, believe in yourself and, and see that you can relate to yourself to some of the conversations we're going to have and uh, a lot of good information. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you.